Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mims the Word. My name's Chris Starr and I'm joined this week by our client director, Claire Price. Hi Claire. Hi Chris. So it's very rare to get Claire on our podcast, but it's really nice. So last week Lauren talked us through content creation uh, and this week we do have Claire on because we will be checking out events, which is much more her bag. Um, Right, so as an overview, why would you run an event? Um, Well, similar to other topics we've talked about, events are great for building that credibility and gaining prospects and building more of a rapport with them. And it really helps you build your brand and show that you know what you're talking about. Uh, Again, encouraging prospects to work with you. Claire, would you add anything to that sort of brief overview? Um, Yeah, I think, like you say, it's it's a really good um, part of your marketing strategy. Um, And it really is an essential part to help you build, as you say, building that brand awareness out there. Absolutely. So there's a few subtopics to talk about. Um, Would you like to kick us off with first party events? Yeah, sounds great. So um, first party events. So when we talk about first party events, what we actually mean is an event that your organisation is running and planning and doing everything for. Um, And there's quite a few different types of um, first party events that you could take part in. So you could run a webinar, a seminar, roundtable podcast or a Twitter chat. And there's probably loads of other things, but these are the most common um, types of first party events that we would come across. So I'll give you a brief overview of what each of those are. So if we start with a webinar, I'm sure you all now after Covid all know exactly what a webinar is. but it's an online event which usually ranges from about 30 to 60 minutes and they can always take on different forms. So it could be one, just one speaker who would be providing an educational session. It could be a customer and a staff member who are both presenting um, about an offering and uh, the customer's story, how they got on. Or it could be a number of people speaking in like a panel format, so a Q&A type format. Um, really, really depends on the topic that you want to talk about, which one would be um, most suitable. Um, with webinars, it's always um, best to have a live Q&A session at the end of them. Um, and it's always a good, good practice to make sure you have a few questions fired up to um, just start that live Q&A off because... Uh, sometimes viewers can struggle to build the confidence to ask the question. So great if you just have a couple in reserve uh, just to start that off. And really now people expect these webinars to be on demand. So you need to find a way to record your webinar and post it up on your website, YouTube, some sort of other um, place where you can easily have uh, let people access uh, the webinar at a later date ideally behind um, some sort of wall so you have to receive uh, their details before they can see it so that you're then able to follow up with the individual. Uh, So that's the main bits on on a webinar Um, and then I'm going to move on to a seminar. So a seminar is an in-person event which would usually range for about two to four hours. Um, These are usually made up of speaking sessions from a mixture of staff. Um, Maybe one of your customers might like to come and tell their story about how they worked with you. Um, and then even some partners that you've been working closely with. Um, so as I said, usually these take a couple of hours, so you would expect to have some breakout sessions with refreshments, 
included um, for your delegates. And you'd normally be looking at around minimum 20 guests in the room to sort of make it worth your time organising, getting a customer in and everything. But it does very much vary on the company size and the topic that you've talked about. So in the past, I've done events, that uh, seminars, events in this case for 50, 100, up to 120 people. So it really, really does vary based on the topic um, and obviously the room capacity that you can, the number of people you can fit in. Um, and then we move on to round tables. Um, and I think these are really, really great events and they can help push um, prospects through the pipeline as well. So they're a great one um, for someone that you know well or maybe a customer that you want to try and get to spend a bit more money with you. So a round table is an event which would be held whilst um, you're having a sit down meal. So you might run it over breakfast or you might run it over dinner, maybe even lunch. Um, but it would be you would be having a sit down meal so you'd be all sat around tables during this session um, and so during one of these sessions you would expect to have a speaker present uh, so this could be a member of your staff or a customer um, or both um, and then we normally i would normally have a chair and this chair would really run the event and they would encourage structured conversations between the courses this helps people um, talk on the tables, um, just encourage that conversation, and it really makes the event beneficial to the delegates as well. They're talking to their peers, they're able to brainstorm new ideas, um, and it's a really, really great event for them, as well as for you to sort of sell your services um, to them. I would recommend that you put around two members of staff on each table. Um, that's just to help aid the conversation in between those um, sort of session breaks. Um, and it's also good for them then when it comes to follow up because they've heard what the individuals are talking about as well. Um, the next one I'm going to run through is podcast. So that's what we're on right now. Um, so you might already know that what that is. But a podcast is a series of audio sessions which can be downloaded and listened to on demand. Um, you'd expect to have a regular host like we've got Chris and then he would have um, guest speakers. So it could be members of staff, it could be customers, it could be partners, it could just be subject matter experts on something that you want to talk about. Um, it could be anyone really um, and you talk about different topics. Again, based on the podcast you want to run, um, the topic could vary from month to month or season to season, whatever you, whatever you want to do, you could pick something and run it on a regular basis. And then the last one is a Twitter chat, which is a, sort of a newer kind of event to the other ones. Um, and a Twitter chat is where your corporate Twitter account and your partners and customers are all online at the same time on Twitter to answer a series of questions. So basically you would plan this out like a usual event, you would have these people ready, you would have prepared questions, they would have prepared their answers and you would have your company's Twitter account post out a question and then your partners, your customers, your members of staff, whoever's involved would chime in with conversation. Um, and then you're, what you're hoping for is that other people who are on Twitter at that time following your hashtags would see this conversation going on and then they would chime in as well and it would start to build into a great conversation um, with brilliant insights taking place. Um, it's always best to choose a specific hashtag 
um, and ensure that that is used in all the messages that get posted out so that people can easily follow the conversation. Um, and you also want to really promote that um, in advance of, the, of that event as well so that people can clearly find it and follow that conversation. I think that's all, Chris, on first party events. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much, Claire. I really appreciate you going through those. Uh, it's great to see that there's so many options these days. So that's first party events. Um, could you also take us through third party events, please? Yeah, definitely. So a third party event is an event that is hosted by another company, which you would usually pay to take part in. So depending on the event, um, you would choose a different sponsorship option. So you might just pay um, to have a speaking session at the event, you might pay for a full stand, you might just pay to sponsor the after events drinks or the breakfast or all the mugs at that the giveaway, something like that. But the, the benefit of attending a third party event is that someone's done all the hard work of getting the prospects there for you. So you can be safe knowing that you're going to turn up to that event and you're going to get to speak to the people that you would want to speak to and that you think would be of benefit to your business. Now, that doesn't mean it's any easier than a first party event, because depending on the sponsorship option that you take, there's still a lot of prep that needs to take place. So um, if you're going to have a stand at the event, you need to make sure you've got a stand that you can put up. You need your staff there um, ready and available to um, speak to delegates, you need giveaways, you need something to make people come to your stand over your competitors. Um, so there's still a lot of hard work that needs to be done in advance of them. Likewise, if you were having a speaking session, um, you need to make sure you've got the right speaker at the event, asking any customers to be involved, making sure you've got great slides, um, and then really promoting your speaker session in advance of the event so that the delegates turn up to see your slot instead of someone else's slot. The downside to these events um, is that they can sometimes be very, very costly to attend if they're quite large conferences. And obviously you're then sat there next to all of your competitors vying for the delegates' attention. So um, you have to weigh up the, the cost to benefit ratio and whether you think you're gonna get enough business off the back of it to warrant your attendance at that event. Um, I think that's it on third-party events. Yeah, some really great points there. Thanks, Claire. Um, and it seems like a really good place to network without really the you know, pressure of organising it. So that's great. Yes, exactly. And it is great for staff as well, because then you can um, talk to other people and get new ideas of other things that you might want to offer as a business, as well as um, trying to get some new prospects. Yes, indeed. So shall we move on to event planning? Yes, okay. So event planning, everybody just thinks you don't need that long to attend to organize an event. But if you want to do it well and you want to um, make the most out of the time and the money that you've spent on organizing the event, you would want to give yourself a minimum of six weeks, ideally eight weeks, to organize everything ahead of your event. If you're attending a large conference, I would probably give myself three months to make sure that I fully got everything that I need to do planned. So that really covers everything that you'd need to do for an event. So what social posts are you putting out to promote your presence at the event? What stand are you using? What giveaways have you got? What staff are attending? Do your staff need hotels, uh, transport, um, briefing your staff? Do they know what they're offering on the stand? And then what is your follow-up process gonna be? 
and making sure those emails are ready, making sure you can live post for social on the day of interesting things that are going on, making sure any speaking sessions are planned and organised, slides are created. There's so much to do depending on the type of event. So you really, if you want to do it well and you want to see benefit from an event, you really need to give it the time that it requires to properly plan it out. So I always have a massive spreadsheet with all of these things that need to be done listed out, um, um, allocated out to different people with dates on so that I know what needs to be organised first, like the giveaways for example. Sometimes it can take a while to design a new t-shirt and then get it printed and arrive in the office. Um, and then I would always recommend having a weekly meeting with all the staff that are involved. So not the necessarily your staff that are going to be there on the day, but all the staff that are involved in the organisation of that event. And it's good to run through that um, planning template that you've created, making sure actions are complete, um, just discussing anything else that's popped up or that you, some new thing that you've thought of that might work really well, just to make sure everything's kept on track. And I've sort of briefly touched on this, but it's really, really important to remember that that event does not finish on that day. Adequate follow up and then nurturing is essential to making this event a success. And if you don't do that, you're not going to get any business from running an event. So that is something really important to include in that event plan, making sure that you've got any follow up emails put in place, making sure you've got a meeting in the diary of all the staff that attended to discuss all the people that they spoke to, how are they going to be followed up with, um, and then having a call with those people on a weekly basis to check, are they continually following up with them? Oh, they haven't got managed to get through to that person. Right, did they try again a few days later? Really making sure that they're making the most out of that list of delegates that you've um, managed to speak to and scan in the process of the event. Um, so yeah, I think that's um, that's the main my main sort of top tips on event planning. Obviously, there's so so much that could be covered, but really giving yourself the time to execute it correctly is your best way to um, make that event a success and for you to see a return on your investment. Yes, well, thank you so much for taking us through all that, class. Some really good points made again. Um, I think that's a good place to leave it for this week. Yeah. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about public relations. Uh, so tune in for that. Uh, and as always, if you do have any questions for us, please do get in touch via email or the socials. Claire, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Chris. It was great. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye, everyone.